everybody. I'm Roxy. And I'm Priska. And we are the, the two, two Harmony Girls. Just two horny goats climbing the mountain of life. Eating Asian American stereotypes for breakfast. Welcome to episode eight, where we will talk about money and success. That's right. Before we get into that topic, uh, Priska, I'm currently in Utah. I've been here for three weeks now. And yeah. ever since I left, I think LA has been constantly gangbanged by a bunch of a series of unfortunate <laughs> events. Can you tell me what happened? Um, yeah, I mean, it started off with that extreme heat wave that I think we talked about briefly last week. And so yeah. it was like. I think where I am in Los Feliz, I think we got up to like 111, 112. Which oh my God. Honestly, like Rox, you and I both grew up like in Walnut, Diamond Bar area. Like we're used to temperatures above 100. But mm. I feel like in my entire time living in L.A., like it's never been that bad. It's never been 105, over 105, like in recent memory, I don't think. What was it like stepping out? Like, could you like cook an egg on the pavement? You like, could, Yeah, you could literally cook an egg on the pavement. Um, stepping on the asphalt felt like you were like... Like in a in a tanning bed. I've, I've never been in a tanning bed, but I'm assuming like that's the sensation people get in a tanning bed. Um, it was like heat everywhere. Um, we had like our AC units running and it did nothing. It was like literally doing nothing. So you just had to sit there and not move. And you're just like sticky, icky all over. Um, sleeping at night was impossible because I think outside it was last time I was complaining about it being 76 degrees. This time it was like 80 degrees at like three, four in the morning. Oh God, what? It was miserable. That's like not allowed at all. No. And then that gave way to, um, crazy wildfires all across California. Um, but in SoCal, we had the Bobcat fire just right like northeast of us just a little bit. It's still not contained. Um, I don't know why the air quality is better today, but then air quality during the fire, like about a week, a week and a half ago, um, it was it was like in the 150s of like hazardous air quality. Oh, my God. Yeah. The AQI was like in the 150s, which was like insane. And then after that, like after all of that shit happened, we had like a 4.6 earthquake last Friday <laughs> night. And it was like, are we serious right now? Like, is this really what we're doing? Is this really what we want? You know, how are you handling like this this sequence of events like happening one right after the other? Honestly, like my husband and I are going to get the fuck out and go to Joshua Tree for a couple of days, not mm. just from like all the like I, I mean wildfires can happen in Joshua Tree obviously um, but mm -hmm. you know with all the emotional crazy shit that's happening in our country we just needed to get the fuck out so that's what we're doing um, but how we've been handling it here is honestly just receding deeper into my mind you know um, so it, it's just kind of bearing down every day there's a slightly new normal and mm -hmm. just learning to be okay with it but it's definitely not easy. What's it been like in Utah, like looking on as all this is happening? It's fine here. <laughs> which, is, which is so weird because I feel like this strange guilt, yeah. like that I'm not going through this with like my L.A. counterparts, <laughs> that I'm just watching it from the news and yeah. everyone's Insta stories as the world continues to burn. Oof. And I'm like, why is the West Coast and L.A. getting like such the brunt of everything? Because like, you know, here people are just like, la la la, going hiking, you know, <laughs> buying McDonald's, you know, like yeah. and, and, and it just feels like another world. And not only has, I mean, hopefully things in L.A. become better 
matter. But one thing that we continue to stand by is that um, the unprecedented just keeps coming. And I oh wish that God. we could just have something precedented. You know what I mean? <laughs> something like, precedented. Just something, anything. Just something. Anything. Yeah. Um, but not only has it been devastating, I also want to take the time to honor a titan of justice that yeah. just passed away two days ago, oh Ruth Bader God. Ginsburg. Um, Roxy and I found out Friday night, like along with the rest of the world, and we immediately cracked open a bottle of wine and just yep. got drunk because... That was tough. Uh, really rest in power to Ruth Bader Ginsburg and all that she's done for, you know, gender equality and for queer people, minorities, um, minorities. Yep. We we owe her a lot, Rox. Yeah, I, that, one, that one was hard. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. How are you feeling today? I, I don't know. I was just listening to a bunch of podcasts. NPR is doing a tribute episode oh, to yeah. her today. So I was just like listening to that. Um, and I think it's so strange. I think. 2020 has just been very devastating and full of grief. And I mm -hmm. think as empaths, it's harder on us yeah. than everyone else because we're just not thinking about day-to-day -day functionality. Like we're just right. really um, affected by this energy. And honestly, you know, I think in the beginning of the year, people were like, yeah, but by 2021, things will get better. But I have to be honest, <laughs> like, yeah, I know I'm a joyful cynic yeah, and an optimist. I mean, I don't know. There's toxic optimism, too. But right. what do you think about what 2021 is going to bring? Because as of right now, I don't know. It's not too far off, Prisca. It's not nearly far off enough to look at it as like a distant future that we can like look forward to, you know, exactly. It's, it's close. I know. It's like, what, th three, four months away? Yep. Um, which, which is crazy. And it's crazy to think about going into the holiday season and not being able to really spend that the way that we might have any other year. Um, mm. And I, I have stopped, I think, setting a goalpost for the delineation of when the now normal and the future normal are separated. I don't know where that line's going to be. And I, I think you're right. I think saying that it's going to be 2021 is is at this point, it's honestly it's naive, right? Like because we don't know. Um, and there's so many things that continue to hurl in devastating <laughs> directions. So all I can do is just look at the face in front of me, which happens to be yours and just be really appreciative mm. of the here and the now and what, what we do have. And, you know, luckily, like my husband and I, we have our health. We have a place to stay till February, which is fucking too close for comfort, too. I'm grateful for that. So I, again, I keep I think receding inward because the outside world is is too much. But I also know we we need to fight for our, our lives right now in in the Supreme Court. And so it's not the time to be inactive at all. Um, our voices matter. And I know this is airing in a couple of weeks, but, you know, if you still can call call your senators and your representatives and just let them know, you know, we shouldn't confirm a justice. And obviously, like this could age like milk. Maybe Trump will rush, you know, whatever decision he's going to make, which would be really frustrating. But all I can do is just focus on what we have and what we appreciate and to focus on like what's worth fighting for. How about you? It's like, honestly, the most you could do. Because this is all we could physically do is take it day by day. Yeah. I just, um, I'm pretty close to, I mean, I, I'm on this show right now and my schedule's pretty packed, I think, through the end of November and then You're December. boss ladying it right now <laughs> so hard. I mean, but, but it's crazy because like, you know, you're working and, but, but, you know, these major global events are just sort of affecting everybody. Yeah. You know, and um, sometimes I feel like I'm just playing like Dad, Dad, Joe. I'm just like playing pretend. Mm. Um, and so it's like, 
I, I actually, I have, I have, I have no idea. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, I think, I think taking it day by day and then I really want to do a social media cleanse. I want to do just like a complete disconnect for like totally. at least one week, um, maybe in December where I'm just like, fuck it all. You know, like I need to get myself back and at least recognize my little life that I'm living. I'm just a star in the galaxy you know i don't have i'm not like ruth i mean she fucking left the legacy of major change and empowered so many people and so many young women to like take up arms you know but, but as she of right would say now, to you that you know <laughs> your your legacy and your value is just as just as high as hers so maybe i mean but right now i'm not there you know and so right now i think we just have to be super cautious of you know our our thoughts yes My God. yes I'm literally so grateful though that we have this medium to to continue having these conversations with one another for sure for sure for sure because it's scurry it's great and I'm thankful for you and I'm thankful for this and I'm thankful for all of our listeners who tune in yeah. and write us messages we love you guys yes and if you're feeling things we're feeling things right there with you yeah um you're not alone in feeling overloaded you know what I mean that so. being said <laughs> I mean, financial health mm-hmm. and, you know, my finances this year have just been, I mean, uh, collecting unemployment and like wow. all that stuff. But before this happened, because we know that everybody is suffering yeah. in this way anyways, let's talk a little bit about like finances and what we grew up with in terms of know- learning about money. So yes, um, I love this topic, Rox. I, I, I am kind of scared. Us. Oh, I'm terrified. I'm not in I'm not in good financial health. I would say that I am not either. And really? my mother has always told me, don't ever let anybody see that really you know, always there you know because remember like even when I was in college I would always try to pay for everybody else yes always yeah I would oh and, and it's not because I had any knowledge of how much money I had in my bank account it was just because of the way I was taught and it really bit me in the ass because I was like yeah because I don't know friends. if our friends out there have been to a Taiwanese family function I think a lot of other Asians are like this, but I think that Taiwanese people take it to an extreme sport. Like my I remember my 92 year old grandfather would sneak off to the bathroom. And then like as my dad was eating, he'd be like, wait a minute. He's been at the bathroom a little longer than we thought. Run to the cashier. And like they're basically like tackling one another. You know what I mean? Because it's like, I know. (laughs) (laughs) It's always like a showdown. Yes. It's like a full on showdown. Like they're like fighting each other's aunts and cousins get involved. Like they're like, we agree. Like we agreed who's going to pay for this. Like, you know, Um, so yes, I understand why you did that because it's part of our culture too, you know? Yeah. It's like really funny. And uh, fresh off the boat, there was like a scene between Ken Jeong and um, Randall Park, like, and they're like tearing off each other's like shirts, trying to get, trying to pay the bill. And Carlos was like, I will pay the bill. It's like, you cannot pay the bill. And if it comes like, and then you carry it all the way home with you, the fact that you didn't get to pay the bill, which is like $300. And you know, us were just like, we would rather just like, split the bill and like yep. you know what I mean yeah. I, I, I d- it never got into my head that it's okay to split the bill until yeah. I started hanging out with my friends and not living with my mom with my parents you know interesting so well, yeah what was that transition like for you when you stopped paying for everybody all the time I was like oh wait this is a give and take <laughs> I was like, I don't have to just puff up my chest and like show that I am stable and show that I am good in front of my friends, because that's sort of what it is. It's like you don't ever. My mom's like, you never want to feel like you owe anybody anything. So she's like, always make sure that you like pay for everybody else. So and that you never owe anyone. You know, if someone buys you a meal, then you're obligated to buy them a meal, you know, totally. It's sort of 
like a very unhealthy cycle because I realize that it's not always about money. Like I could give back in different ways. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. <laughs> like you have you have different things that you that hold value that you can offer. Um, not that you need it needs to be a like a value exchange, but you know what I'm saying? Um, one of the things that helped me was uh, I was working at a startup and I don't know how everyone knew, but I was like friends with like a couple um, mobile engineers and clearly they made like 10 times more money than me. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. And so I had this one friend, um, his name is Marco, and he was like one of my closest friends at work. He was like my work husband, you know, um, shout mm -hmm. out to Marco. But he like there was a time where we would get coffee every day and there was a time where I would like keep fighting to pay. And one day he just looked at me. He's like, Priscilla, I make so much more than you. I remember what it's like. He's like, he was not, not trying to lord it over me. He's like, I'm like, I'm X amount of years older than you. I've had enough time. I remember what it was like to struggle. He's like, just let me buy you coffee. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh shit. Okay. Mm -hmm. So like for, for like a full year, he, he just bought me coffee and I had to like, that was very like uncomfortable, but humbling. And then like, I'm so grateful to him because I want to give back like that to someone who's younger than me in the future, yes. you know? Yes. Yeah. You know, it's going to come back in some other way. Yeah. You know, I think it just comes back to the philosophy of like, just give if you're able to yeah. and stop thinking about like, oh, is this like balanced mm -hmm. in that way? Like, cause it will balance out in some way. It doesn't always have to be monetary. So yeah. Yeah. before your startup, Priscilla, mm -hmm. like, did you ever have a retail job or a sales job or was Doggy Vacay your first one? Um, I worked at my first job was at a United National Bank. Bank, which is now East West Bank. I was a loans officer um, assistant. Whoa, yeah, thank you. Officer? Thank you. Assistant. What assistant to the loan officer. Wow. Um, I know. I know. Um, you're in the presence of greatness. So, <laughs> But I remember my mom like took me to like Robinson's May or like Macy's and bought me like work clothes. You know, wow, I was like 15 and a so half. Professional. Yes. So professional. And I think I mean, I think I made like six seventy five an hour. It was like, you know, it was a big deal. And I got in huge trouble because I went on MySpace one day and like got like my mom, my mom worked for East West. So that's uh, it was nepotism. So if anyone's curious, it was. Um, yeah, that was my first job. I did it for like a, a year or so. Um, and, yeah, and yeah, but what was your first job? Uh, my first job was I did retail all <gasps> from high school through college. Where? So um, I was uh, my first job was a sales associate at Forever 21 during no. seasonal. No. It is. Massacre. Mega. It is like going to fucking war every single day. You spent an hour and a half folding up all those cardigans by size and then once the doors open these crazy ass like moms come in and they're just like where is the extra small? And I'm like it's right at the top. Why are you oh digging for the extra small? And then like and then within like two minutes there's complete carnage of like you know these ugly sweaters and like all these cute little things, these little camisoles. Yes. I was so bitter. Oh my I, God. I, and, then, and then like, like I remember. the zombie apocalypse. It was crazy. My longest shift was like six hours because I was part time. Whoa. But then I remembered when I would get my check. And I remember those days when like, I don't know if you've ever had this, but like $300 like huge. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah. I was like, I can buy an iPhone. I, know. I can buy an iPod. I was like, I am going to go to the food court and fucking get myself some Genghis Khan Mongolian barbecue. Hey. You know what I mean? Yes. And, and th those are the days. And then like in college, it was um, I, I worked at the limited, which oh. is more glown up. Yes. Um, where you had to wear it. Like you said, the Robinson's May. Hey. Yes. Sort of uh, like professional. No, the limited sort of is where attire. the cool Gen Xers shopped for work. You know what I mean? I, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I was definitely leveling up. I also worked at Express for.
for a little bit. So I was on my feet all the time, you know, and um, I but but I'm kind of stupid because like (laughs) my my parents like helped me get a credit card when I was in college. Okay. And I, I didn't know anything about credit cards. Okay? And so I was working, you know, making chump change at retail when I'm not taking classes. And then for some reason, I'm like, this is a card that, you know, I don't have any debit cash in. But somehow, miraculously, whenever I use anything to pay for anything, it goes through. So I could just keep using this. <laughs> and like, it's just magical money. It's magic. Like it's just magical money. I had no it's idea like that you accrued debt in it. I had no idea there's interest. I was I like, what is an interest? I and know. I remembered I bought like four hundred dollars at like this retail store and I was like, This is fine. It's just magical money. Fucking stupid. Oh shit. No, because it feels like magic. And when you're young and your impulse control hasn't really been like set all the way. Yeah. Um, like it seemed like I was like, Oh, I can purchase this now for a re- like a, a, a you know a little blip of happiness and then i'll pay for it i'll make more money i'll keep that's narrative i said to myself too i'm like Always. i could just save later <laughs> oh i'll just splurge now and then no but i'll save on my next paycheck i'll just only eat bread for two weeks two weeks yeah no big deal and then someone invites you out for sushi and you're not gonna say no to sushi and then at the end of the meal you're not gonna not pay for their sushi meal you know i have no impulse control it's 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 really rough uh, honestly so how did that how did that look like in your early 20s because i feel like in in college maybe you didn't feel the effects of that as much i definitely didn't no um but yeah what was it like in your early 20s and uh, i guess i remember us both being broke and in debt so girl i just remember us living together and like sometimes i'm just like how did we even make it through that time but i um so so something that i do regret i mean i have very few regrets in my life but this is something that i do regret because i wish i had more i wish i had more financial knowledge regarding this was the fact that i started freelancing right when i graduated college like i didn't take a full-time job anywhere i didn't develop my network sure right sure I didn't have a community so I moved out to LA I had like Prisca Rochelle and a couple of my friends and we were living together but that's really all we had like in terms of like professional networking like I didn't know anyone so I was on Craigslist trying to get like editing jobs or whatever but it's so unsustainable and like just trying to make even $500 to $800 a month was like and I remember like your clients at the time would basically abuse you for like yep. $200 of pay and you would yep. take it. Now the Roxy I know today wouldn't take that shit oh, yeah. for Fuck nothing. That shit. But you Fuck would like that. be sometimes it was like you would get off a call and you'd be in tears. I'm like, what's going on? And, and like, literally it was just basically like free labor. I mean, they would chuck mm-hmm. you $200, but what's $200? You know what I mean? For editing and producing and, and scripting out and like all these things like you, you were know, crazy. It's, it's that fucking narrative of they're just like work hard and yeah. you know free internships and like you know just prove yourself and then once you get there people start respecting you I'm like yeah. respecting me by giving me a proper minimum wage yes. like I didn't know how to stand up for myself because at the time I had no skills like honestly you know it's not like we went to film school I mean we had a film theory major but like in terms of skill set no there was nothing of that so I will be very honest my first two to three years of living in Los Angeles I accrued a lot of debt Because I was just like, how else am I supposed to live off of this life, you know, without sacrificing a big chunk of it? So I wasn't building. I was in deficit. Well, And I would say I I kind of remember us. We were very frugal. But I Mm -hmm. think at certain points we would get emotional and then use money as a way to kind of like blow off steam. Like you and I would be like 
we were so similar in that like we were so frugal like we would only use napkins from mcdonald's or like you know yeah. we would, we were like very very frugal like turned off all the lights all the time and like we're very conscious about like hot water use and stuff but then sometimes if we were like fuck it you like you and i would just go out for dinner and just be like yeah whatever like i don't give let's a fuck get the uni. let's get like fucking you know hibiki or whatever yes. like. so do you do you feel like that has changed over time like just like the emotional um kind attachment. of attachment yeah yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I uh, definitely I think once you're older, you learn about restraint and mm-hmm. you learn about self-control and you also learn about, you know, these things are just treats once in a while. It's not your everyday life. Mm-hmm. And you and I talked about the whirlwind yeah. of our early 20s when we first moved out, our freedom and like our friends and everyone's exciting, starting a new chapter. And like we we tend to overindulge and that was a part of it, but it also really hurt us in the financial long run. But like Priscilla, like have you in terms of your relationship with money, like what were you taught about it growing up? Because I, I said briefly about like my parents emphasize the importance of financial knowledge, yeah. but they don't really know how to teach teach me. So I had to like learn myself. Yeah. But like, what about you? Um, I, I will fully say here, I have no excuse to be bad with finances. And yet I am. <laughs> My mom is an auditor. Um, you know, <laughs> the funny. way she used to set up our allowance was I think I used to get like $10 a week. Um, uh, and so it was like of that $10, she would divide it up. She was like one tenth is going to Jesus. So that's a dollar. Um, and then she would pressure you to give more. Uh, and then, um, you know, so $1 went to Jesus out of that $10 a week. Uh, and then 50% she would save into a long-term saving thing. And then 30% of that would go into a short-term saving thing. And then the rest of that, which was, I think like $3 or $2 you could use for your own fun. So Mm -hmm. every month I got $8 to actually have fun. So then I I started to realize this is the bad thing. My sisters and I all realized like we had to work so hard to in order to get allowance. We had to fulfill like 20 different check marks of like chores and um, different, you know, whatever things. And if we didn't hit it, then we wouldn't get our allowance. So um, we realized that it was better to be broke because at the end of the day, my mom would end up paying for us. Um, like if we went out for a meal or if we were went shopping, she would pay for us if we were at zero. But if we had funds in the bank, then we'd have to use our own oh, funds. So this is terrible because I think she was trying to set us up for success. But then it was like too <laughs> much pressure for like nine, 10 year olds. You know what I mean? So we yeah. just fucking gave up and we were like, you know what? Here's a loophole. If you go to zero, <laughs> like, which is terrible. I mean, isn't that the most millennial like mindset ever? But yeah, guilty here. It totally backfired. It totally <laughs> backfired on her. So I have no excuse. I think part of it was like, I, I never managed my own finances. Like I was so sh- sheltered for so long that I learned about it as a concept, but wasn't very good at it. And then uh, my mom always says this, like the worst thing about me is like, I have a pension for things that are expensive. So like if, if you give me a glass case of like things and I pick something out, it will ultimately be the most expensive thing for whatever reason. Oh, Capricorns have expensive tastes. We just really like quality things, you know, know? it's just, just inherent within us, honestly. But you know what, Priska, you were telling me about your rebellious nature, you know, in a previous episode. And I think it just goes to show that like, yeah, maybe you had the those things yeah is your tones and resource but i feel like your life path like you just have to go on your own to learn about that like you yes. have to discover it on your own yes rather than having someone tell you these things and for you to Ugh. apply it without discovering it for yourself totally so rocks what was one of your weirdest hi- side hustles before we get into like what the repercussions of our debt did to us what was like your weirdest side hustle because you had a lot this one is probably 
I, I don't like talking about this oh. one. At one point, I was so desperate. I don't know if I, I think I was with you. You were still living with us. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. But I got so desperate that I was doing door-to-door soliciting on Craigslist. Oh, my gosh. And I was making like 30 bucks a day. Like, Holy that was like shit. really, really bad. And I was not getting anything filmmaking. You know, I was doing stuff with videography. You yeah. know, like, I didn't know anyone. I, I, I was... um you know, and I wasn't even skilled at videography. I wasn't skilled at I wasn't skilled at anything. Let's be honest. And right. I had no idea how to get my foot in the door. So um, I did a bunch of like, you know, I even did some like, what is it? Pyramid schemes. I fell wow. into that for a little bit. Um, it's very enticing because so, it's like short term gains kind of. Exactly. Yeah. And then um, I was just like, this is all fucked up. And I, I feel so scattered and I don't have a focus. Wow. And, um, you know, but I'm glad that I mean, in retrospect, it's it's those were some of the toughest times of my life yeah. where I really felt lost and I felt so useless. And I, I had so much debt. I also had yeah. student debt. I had debt and credit card debt. I, you know, I, and then it was, it was just like, how the fuck do you climb out of it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, was there a point where that mountain of debt seemed just unimaginably huge yeah what 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 emotions did you go through did you go through denial did you go through you know god uh and you know it was you know i did borrow money from my parents you know a couple times in my early 20s just to like help me out like with rent and stuff like that i think we could all relate to that i mean we probably don't talk about it because of pride but let's be honest what was that conversation like fucking this environment nowadays like you know, people are moving back home because yeah. it's the the economy is just not set up to help us. No. We're the most overeducated with the least amount of opportunities. So anyways, what was that like? Um, You know, and huh, I think, you know, my dad, uh, you know, he comes from the from the perspective of like, you know, if you need help, I know you're not lying. So I'm going to help you, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and I know that he's like, we 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 taught you to be self-sufficient and independent. Mm-hmm. And we know you're trying your best to be financially independent while pursuing this you know, this dream that is so ridiculous and not financially sustainable. And then my mom, you know, she is just like, um, in the beginning, you know, I think she was just like, you have to pay this back or like Mm. in in some way or some way, shape or form. But after a while, it just felt like if I'm owing all of this credit card debt, I'm owing all of this student debt. Mm -hmm. And then my mom is like, Oh wait, but you also, and to her, she started to understand. She was like, there's no way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, how much lower can you be pushed into the ground? Right. And so she's like, look, if you need help, let us know. Because you know, at least I'm lucky. you don't owe them interest. Because if they. Yeah. If you pay them back, that's one thing. But with credit cards, it's like so much interest that you're paying like Ugh. way more than you it need It is to. so dangerous. Yo. I mean, I want to hear about your credit card journey. But it's just like, how the fuck do you get out of it? And so, like, at least now, like, I'm lucky that I have parents that, you know, they do very well on their own. They are they know that, like, having an artist daughter, they're like, I can't rely on you to take care of us. Like, finally, you're trying to take care of yourself. So um, I'm lucky that they are self-sufficient, you know, and financially independent because of that. But like um, but that was that. I mean, I'm still, you know, trying to pay off my debt. But like, what was your relationship? I mean, I talked a lot about where I was, but I want to know about you. I mean, I feel like I, I, I'm <laughs> your turn. Uh, I'm shaking. Hot seat, bitch. Oh, God. <laughs> it's like hot potato. We're just like throwing it at one oh, another. Wait, what about you? What about you? Um, I, I think, um, I did move home right after college for about a year. Uh, and I was like an intern, not making much money. Um, and, uh, my mom definitely charged me rent 
um, and I couldn't pay rent during certain months. And so she um, kind of kept track of it and then charged me interest um, so that I would pay her back on time. Uh, And so it wasn't crazy interest. It was like very low, but you know, she kept a spreadsheet. My mom's an auditor, you know? Um, So I was like, I need to move. I need to move out of the house. She's so hard on you. She's pretty hardcore. So hardcore. Yeah. Like my sister's living at home and she's paying rent as well. So um, my mom didn't want us to have any handouts, obviously. Um, But I definitely got into like the startup world, kind of the um, Silicon Beach uh, startup world in Santa Monica. And when you're with all of these like millionaires under 25 or like, yeah, millionaires under 30 for sure, um, their lifestyle is very different, you know? Mm. Um, And so I kind of got caught up in that lifestyle. And I think that's when like really my problems began because Mm -hmm. um, not only do you have to have all the like cool new like whatever gadgets that everyone was using like whether it's like a certain type of messenger bag or a certain type of like laptop like accessory you know um all of those added up and then everyone's like housing stuff started to look the same so i just felt a lot of pressure to kind of keep up whether i was conscious of it or not and so i would be like super frugal in certain parts of my life but then spend idiotic money on things that like i clearly didn't need like rocks one of the first things i did with like one of my first like when i was like full-time full-time i bought um this is so dumb. Like even thinking about it now, <laughs> it's the dumbest thing I've ever spent money on. I bought like, you know, those um, barnyard doors. Um, I bought like I bought the the track and two doors. And I think it was like plus shipping close to six hundred dollars. <laughs> and ra- I was eating like ramen noodles. Like I was eating like white Wait, rice with barnyard doors for what? For literally I had like um a bedroom that had like this little Juliet balcony. So it was two barnyard doors, six hundred door dollar doors that went nowhere. They just opened <laughs> to the back ba- they opened to the inside of my house. They I like do you remember how my room was at my place? They would yeah. open to like a loft. That's it. It was like nothing. And I spent $600 because like barnyard doors were all the rage and like everyone like in the startup world was like installing them in their house. But I was like 24, like an idiot and just moved out on my own. I just moved out of the Mentone apartment and I yeah. the first thing I did was buy $600 doors. So I'm an idiot. Like sometimes I hit purchase online and the first thing I say to myself is like, I'm an idiot. Like, <laughs> So, you know, it's like sometimes you just make a stupid splurge. So stupid. And you're like, I'm celebrating my newfound independence <laughs> yeah. and here's all my money. Bye. And like, you know? dude, we left that apartment uh, and we sold the condo and I'm pretty sure like, uh, you know, I wasn't here for it. And um, those doors are gone. They, they, they like gutted the inside and redid the whole place. So, so I didn't even get to save them. Rest in peace. Those beautiful barn doors. So stupid. So <laughs> stupid. Wild. But yeah, what okay so um what what's like what are some things that you know now that you wish you had known at 24 i wish that i had gotten a financial advisor Mm. early on wow yeah like um i was really lucky because then i had um you know a couple of my friends from uci come up to me oh lorraine oh lorraine yeah introduce her to you too and then um i'm still with her company and all that stuff so so they're still building my life insurance policies and like helping me invest in mutual bonds Mutual funds, whatever, whatever. They're helping me invest whatever, my money. Whatever Jeanette says, <laughs> whatever, whatever. And, and honestly, it's like um, I at first I was like a little weird about it because you know yeah. that whole thing about mianzi mm-hmm. and like face. It's like this person knows me and 
this is supposed to be confidential yeah. information, but like they, but I, I really needed help. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I can't rely on my parents. You know, I need to rely on myself and I need to think of different ways to put my um, cash in different places where they can grow yeah. and where I can't touch them. Right. You know, because if it's, if it's everything that I can see in my savings account or on my uh, checking account, mm-hmm. I'm just going to be like, Oh wait, all right, this is everything I have. But I want to be like, you know, a couple years later, 10 years down the line, I'll be like, Oh, Hey, I have $60,000 somewhere, you know, somewhere like I'm growing something consistently. So I wish that the younger me would have known that or would have had access to that or like be talking about financial planning early on because, you know, stupid me back in the day, I was like, I'll just get married to a rich guy. Yeah. Yeah, Fucking whatever. It's like that same dialogue where it's like, yeah, I'm going to buy this now and then I'll just starve myself for two weeks. It's yeah. You don't know. Right, right, right. Because it's exactly what you're saying, though. Like, we have to find a sustainable way of living where it's not just for today, but it's for the future. Um, and I do remember because you sent me over to Lorraine and she was incredible. And like, I remember the graph she showed or the chart she showed where it's like, if you save a hundred dollars, just a hundred dollars a month over 20 years, this is what the growth will look mm-hmm. like. Yep. And that totally changed my mindset. Because I was like, I think before that, I was like, well, why not spend another hundred dollars? Yep. But seeing it on that side of things, it was like, but. But if you're wise with your hundred dollars, this is what it can do for you, you know? Yeah. And it's hard to sort of balance that sort of like, oh, maturity, looking into the future thing versus like, you know, the impulsive, like we want to have fun and like go to parties and go drinking and embrace our our broad city life. Yes. Our youth, you know, our youth. I mean, any thing we've splurged on like going on trips together or meals i don't regret them they probably weren't wise decisions but like i don't regret it i don't regret it either yeah. i mean that is still on my debit i mean credit yeah, card. Same. <laughs> i'm still paying that That's down still there. But, like do you, do you feel like people who see like how you are on social media feel like you have your shit together I uh, also uh, I think that people who aren't in the industry look at people in the industry with a certain bias. Interesting. Okay. And, you know, they're just like, oh, you're a successful director. Mm. You must make so much money and your work is distributed. And like you've worked with all these people. I'm like, um, yeah, because if I'm I'm on your IMDb page, I'm like this bitch Emmy nominated. I know. You know what I'm saying? But what is that, you know, disparity like in your own head versus the perception? I mean, you know, I I think that like my salary, I mean, I'm freelance, but like what I make a year is still pretty moderate. Mm -hmm. Like it's not anything crazy. I live in a studio in K-Town, you know, like I uh, don't have a dishwasher with like one, (laughs) Um, you know, and and living in L.A. is expensive. And, um, you know, I'm single. I don't have a kid. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? It's 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 not everything it's cut out to be. So. Um, when people look at, you know, my success, which Mm -hmm. I think we'll dive into the next topic is what does success actually mean? And how does that tie in with the idea of financial success? You know, um, but like, it's, it's not what it is. Like, like filmmakers are fucking poor. (laughs) Say it for the people in the back, (laughs) you know, exactly. And then like all these fuck, I will say this right now. Okay. I know people will come and, and, and hate on me, but I just got to reveal the fucking truth. Okay. All right. Tell it. Those big film festivals, like, you know, like Sundance and South by everyone's like acting 
like they're all uppity <laughs> drinking fucking you know expensive ass whiskey with big brands and shit and filmmakers acting like they're on top of the world Ooh. i'm like stop yeah this is not your real life yep. you know what i mean yep. like we make just as much as any other middle class person Damn. um if not lower um <laughs> depending on what it is that you're working on you know yeah. what i mean like it's all fucking for show and it's not the truth right like and is it it's scary because sometimes like maybe you'll have a huge um payout q1 but then you don't mm-hmm. know when that next payout is coming you know so exactly. you have to kind of ration whatever that is even though that paycheck looks great it's like okay but you don't know what's going to happen throughout the rest of the year case in point pandemic i know i'm constantly living in an energy of uncertainty Mm -hmm. so i think now like i have so much of my money like every month going out to different accounts (laughs) you know yeah just savings accounts and all that stuff so i don't see it because i'm just panicking about the fact that what if one day i don't have this you know um so it became i become like a survivalism go into like survivalism like mentality like i just don't know because I don't have like benefits. I have to pay for my own health insurance. You know, like I got to look out for myself. So that is, I just really want to just tell everybody. I know a lot of people have been hitting me up and be like, Roxy, like I really look up to you, Mm. you know, and like, I I want to be, (laughs) thank you. Like I want to be a director and like all this Mm -hmm. stuff. And I wish, I mean, I am very lucky because I get to do this full time and I I consider myself someone with many opportunities, but like, (sighs) Like my last feature film, I was offered like $10,000. Like it's really not, it's really, you know, but I balance it out with other jobs. But, you know, you take, you check and balance what's important to you and like what you need to survive. At the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, what is it that I need? Mm. Need is the most basic baseline. I think in my early 20s, I was thinking about what I wanted. And that fucked me up in terms of not feeding what I needed, right? Right. What are some of those things? What are some of the needs? What are some of the absolute? You keep asking me a question. I really want to get into your thing. I was going to be like, have you had to tap into that savings? Have you had to touch it? What situation? And you're like, stop it. I'm like, stop it. it. Everyone's going to know about my financial situation. I I do consider myself (laughs) in stable ground now, ironically, during this pandemic. And I'm also working a lot. I'm luckier than most. But um, yeah, so Prisca, (laughs) I I just want to say I have seen you go from I give no fucks about money. Let's just go buy a satin scarf and then not eat for the next week. Like we this is like literally something that happened with us. Right. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to buy a satin scarf, too. Like, what? where's that satin scarf? I don't know. (laughs) But I have seen you go from that to being very, very aware. Like you've even been like, we don't need another round of drinks. Um, we're good. You know, let's go get mm-hmm. a tea. Um, you, you've been like, OK, let, actually, let me just cook you some food or Prisco. Yeah. Why don't you cook us some food instead of going out? Right. Yeah, and we'll save yeah, us yeah. some money. The amount of wisdom you have around financial um, stuff now, <laughs> for lack of a better term, is really inspiring to me because I think what helps all of us grow is like the people that you've had in your life as they grow, you start to set different bars for yourself too. you know, as mm-hmm. your friends get more settled in their career, you're like, oh, okay, then you feel the nudge to kind of feel more settled in your career. And for me, seeing you become more financially, not just independent, but confident and, and, and measured also influenced me, you know, so just want to say that. Okay, well, I'm going to ask you, (laughs) I'm going to grill you for a little bit because I was like, we should get to topic (laughs) two. But like, um, yeah, I mean, you didn't work while you were in Ashland, right? What was that like? No, I didn't work while I was in Ashland. Um, So, yeah, I 
I've had a quite a financial journey over the last decade. I'll say that. Mm. Um, I think like we talked about, I have a very emotional attachment to money. So when things happen, I get very emotional and either I spend money or I don't spend money and then I rage spend money. And then I, you know, so my bank roller account, coaster. it's a roller coaster. And then um, when I'm on vacation, I'm just like, fuck it, YOLO, like, you know, and and I will spend more money than I have like an idiot. This is not recommendations, guys. Like I need help. Those moments are needed, though. They are. But the yeah. one one. I think pivotal moment in my financial health um, was I got into a car accident. It was pretty dumb. Uh, and I realized that my um, check to my car insurance company didn't go through. Um, it didn't clear. So I didn't have insurance uh, during the car accident. Like I called oh, no. the insurance company. And I was like, I'm cool. Oh, no. I'm chill. And they're like, actually, like you haven't been a customer with us for like two and a half months. And I was like, what? <gasps> so I guess they had sent me mail, but I didn't open it or I didn't see it or whatever. Um, I was not a responsible 24 year old. Um, and so I ended up that like they're the person I hit their insurance kind of figured caught wind of it and then went after me for the full like amount like over probably I paid times three what was actually needed just because they knew I didn't have insurance so I was like easily exploitable and every like um traffic uh lawyer I talked to they wouldn't take my case on um, because I didn't have insurance which totally makes sense and that was on me and and so everyone knows please have insurance because it's a big headache and I know why now um and I could have gotten my license revoked but luckily like that didn't happen like it was it was one of the of the dumb things that I've done of which are many. This was probably the dumbest thing I'd ever done. So having this like um, five figure uh, like debt. Oh, my God. And so I that is when I had to ask my mom for money. I mean, I pulled out everything I had in savings, which was it wasn't that much. Um, and my mom covered the rest. And then I was on a payment plan with my mom for for years years I like I just paid her off um I paid her and my car off at the same time and that was like the biggest thing I'd ever paid off and it it took me so long and I think that just set me up to always be sliding behind um and always feeling behind and so I think once I felt I I paid off my mom I I paid off my car um I was feeling good about things or I don't think I'd paid off my car just yet but I then got laid off from this startup that I was working at where I was like making more money than I've ever made since you know as like a 20 I think I got laid off at 27 I want to say maybe 28 um and so I got laid off and it was like uh, then my financial problems just started stacking up like crazy. Um, mm. And I didn't really know how to handle it to go from making a ton of money to then only making money doing music and um, house sitting and pet sitting like crazy. So I was getting poorer and poorer and poorer, um, but I wasn't stopping going out with friends. Like I had brunch with you more that year than ever before. And I did not have money. I did not have brunch money. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so, but I just kept digging myself into financial hole after financial hole and it was getting worse and worse. And luckily I, I, you know, really credit like some of the friends I have in my life. I had a friend who offered me a job at his marketing agency um, and that helped me get back on track. And then I started um, running music at Hotel Indigo and that helped me get back on track, paid off my wedding in full, right? Which was not an expensive wedding because we did like a small one in Joshua Tree. But then I went to Ashland and I just the problem with being too generous, especially when you're meeting new friends, was a huge issue for Abe and I. We were overspending under making because we had free housing. So we were like, Oh, we can spend whatever we want. Like it don't matter. But the fact was like, we were way overspending what we ought to have. And I was not making any money. I was like completely not making money. So that entire year in Ashland, 
I was growing my credit card debt like a like a thousand or a couple thousand a month and I wasn't paying that down. Oh, God. Yeah. So by the time we went to New York, I was I was in fucking hot water. The cheapest city the cheapest in the world, city. obviously. And then, of course, like I have all these feelings about looking for marketing work. I, I you know, I, I'm, I have a marketing job right now, but I, I don't know. I just had weird mental blocks about applying for marketing, about my resume looking good enough, et cetera. So I was working retail in New York, mm. which was just in January. Um, retail life. <laughs> I loved it. Honestly, like I realized like my personality is made for retail. So thank you. Um, because like, you know, I, I like to make people feel special and and when yeah. you put on goriana jewelry bitch you're a queen you know what i'm saying shout out to goriana again um and so but i was making so little money and we were like scraping by and i had to um ask a family member for some help you know um because i was like these credit card um it, the the credit card interest is gonna overwhelm me because it's literally more than i make in a week sometimes oh my you know what i'm saying fucking god yeah yeah Yeah, that's that that is mentally that like destables and 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 that would scare the shit out of me it was horrifying and i i'm I'm an idiot sometimes, you know, and I'm very uh, emotional and I um, I don't have great, you know, uh, like I'm not stupid about money. Like I can calculate tax in my head. I can you know, I can I, I, I can I can mental math a little bit, you know, but like <laughs> I am not great about combining like my knowledge with like, you know, practicality. <laughs> I'm not good about it. So um, luckily, weirdly, this pandemic obviously horrible for more reasons than we can list in this podcast, but it has helped my husband and I recover financially. I think one, you know, I think as people that are struggling with, you know, the amount of alcohol we drink, we were drinking in bars, which is not a cheap habit. And, uh, you know, we were in New York for the first time living there. And so we were going out to eat a lot, you know, cause you're in fucking New York, you know? Um, and we were just spending money on things like we definitely probably didn't need. Rent was so freaking expensive. So when we came back to Los Angeles, the first thing that happened was family immediately. And I don't know if other people have, has experienced this, but our family started to call us and they were like gifting us support with no strings attached. Cause they're like, we know how hard this time is. So, so that honestly I was like completely flabbergasted. I couldn't believe it. Um, and then uh, because we moved back to L.A., I was able to find a job uh, through the the friend who gave me that agency job previously. Um, Abe has some work like through the church. You know, uh, we've been so fortunate and we don't spend money going out. We don't spend money at bars anymore. And so ironically, this year and all the craziness, the one kind of really ray of sunshine for us has been that it's allowed us to have time to recover financially. My last question for you before we move on to topic two is, are you I mean, who knows when we go back? The status quo is very hard to change. Yeah. But in terms of like you being able to take this time and the silver lining is being able to sort of recalibrate the way that you spend your money yeah. and like uh, build all that up again. Are you going to apply this after this is over? Do you think you'll retain any of it? Bitch, I better. to future prisca (laughs) i think the answer is twofold when you're married i think there are things that i think i'm frugal in and there are things that my husband is frugal in but there are also things that i'm an idiot about and there's things that he's not great about right and so when you combine these they rarely line up in a perfect way so i think Mm. it's like 
finding a good equilibrium, because I think some of the things that I'm frugal about would make my husband feel suffocated. And some things that he's frugal about would make me feel suffocated. Um, So I think what, like at the beginning of the pandemic and, you know, Abe, I love you so much, but there's a lot of stuff that he was just randomly wanting to spend money on, you know, and, and it drove me crazy. Um, and I'm sure some of the things I spent money on <coughs> makeup yeah. like, would drive him crazy. You know what I mean? Cause are these necessities? No. Right. Um, but like at the same time, I think we both had to find a, a way to kind of like pull each other back on all those things mm. and, and make each other better instead of making each other you know because you know i'm an instigator i would instigate like if you wanted to go on and buy uni i'd be like go fucking get uni like who cares who needs this hundred dollars right yolo and all that so i'm trying to learn to be a little bit better and like pull back a little and i think he's also doing better at doing that for me and also like we're both better at controlling our own shit so and that's what true partnership is you know what i mean it is. it's like balancing each other out and uh let us know goatees if you have a similar financial situations or similar stories about money because we would love to hear about it tweet at us at two horny goats, two horny goats. on twitter <laughs> or email us at two uh, uh, uh yeah at two horny goats <laughs> um, okay so guys we're gonna take a little break right here we'll be right back with topic two stay tuned hi goatees the highlight of our week is getting to hang out with all of you if you like hanging out with us why not recommend two horny goats to a friend whether it's your co-worker quarantine buddy or long distance bff Drop them a link. We're available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Okay, bye. All right. Welcome back, guys. Wow. What a crazy break. (laughs) Um, uh, I got my nails done. Uh, My hair is three inches shorter. (laughs) Wow, Priscilla, you managed to bleach your hair. I did. And I grew horns. I grew two horns. Wow. I put horn growing juice on like a couple days ago. It's coming out. Do you see that? That's beautiful. Yeah, thanks. Um, So, yeah, topic two, we are going to talk about fear of the F word. No, Fuck. not fucking you dirty fucking people. <laughs> also, we stand fucking, you know, that's something we, we stand, stand it. We stand but it. Feel fear of failure. Oh, God. Uh, OK, can I just say yes. as Capricorns, does failure even exist in your vocabulary? Does not. Nope. Does not. It's unacceptable. Yeah. Unacceptable. Don't matter how, how far you dig me down. It does not happen. Yeah. No, no. I, I feel you on that. So, like, what was your relationship with fear growing up? Did your mom make you afraid of fear? Like, what What was that kind of like? I think uh, it was all that sort of like subconscious guilt. You know what I mean? Mm. The immigrant story coming to America to give you a better life. You are our only child, the prodigal daughter. Oh, you know yes. what I mean? And then um, they're just like, we need you to be successful and leave a family legacy. So all of that I internalized. Yeah. And then um, I was just like, no matter what, I can't fail. So I know in previous episodes, I talked about sort of like my A-type personality, my desire to achieve in all aspects, like martial arts, music, you know, ASB, everything. I just had to be successful. Right. But I realized, and I want to, you know, I don't know what this is to you now, Priscilla, but really quick, I, I want to ask about okay. this right now, actually, okay. is what does success and failure mean to you? Like, how do you define it in the now? Um, I would say that, like, I'm less afraid of failure, but I also don't relish in success as much as I think I would have. And in that, I'm glad I wasn't too successful too young because sometimes I see like young people really successful and like great for them. But like for me, like I don't think I would have handled it well. I don't think I would have like learned the lessons like I needed to learn. Um, And so I'm less afraid of failure because of some of the things I've been through. Um, 
I think I went through like a thought exercise with my life coach. Um, and it, it's just kind of like, what does utter failure actually look like? And when you actually start to talk about it, um, and kind of, um, make it an externalized thing instead of an internalized uh, idea, instead of a symbology, it's more of like a noun. Um, once you do that, you become a little bit less afraid of it. You know, like what would utter absolute utter failure look like? And at the end of the day, I'm really fortunate to have parents who, you know, could like if if my husband and I lost every fucking thing, we would still have a safety net to go back to. And I know some people debate whether having a safety net is good or bad. But at the end of the day, like we have people that will support us and back us up. You know what I mean? And so um, I'm not as afraid of failure because at the end of the day, I know my own skill sets. I know my own strengths and I know that I can dig myself out of it. And I think only because I've dug myself out of it. Do yes. I have that self-knowledge? You know, how about for you? What does I think, success and failure yeah, look like? Yeah. Utter failure. Mm -hmm. I think utter like baseline bottom failure yeah. is if you lack the courage to get up again. Yeah. I Ooh. think that's it is I don't think I mean, right now, I think that success and failure are sort of one and the same for me mm -hmm. because it's like, I think it's OK to fail. Like, it's OK to fail. But as long as you tried it, you know what I mean? Or you have the courage to pursue it. Um, success only really means that, like, you've come out learning something from it, you know. But like, I think these two words were so fucking tied with money when you were growing up. That failure means that you didn't achieve a career goal. Success means that you've achieved a financial goal or success means that you achieved a, a family or a nuclear family or like whatever the fuck. And then failure is like dying alone. But all of these, all of these definitions that I've had in my earlier life, I've completely redefined them wow. because they weren't serving me. Right. right. So I, I, um, I remembered like, um, and I say this a lot to, I think, young filmmakers now is that, um, I'm like, you're going to fail and you're going to fail a lot. You know wow. what I mean? And, and, and you're always going to come at, come to a point where you have a big studio offering you millions and millions of dollars to make a movie you don't want to make. Ooh. Yeah. Or you could, have a lot less money yeah. to make something you truly want to make. And what's the choice you're going to make? Right. And then before I used to be like, I don't care who I am. I will take the money. Mm -hmm. Like that's who I was a couple years ago. I feel you on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm like, I have a certain sellout point. Yeah. And that's that. Yeah. But then, um, but nowadays I literally, I say to people, I say to my manager all the time, I'm like, I don't give a fuck how much they pay me. <laughs> I'm not fucking doing yeah. it. Cause it's not aligned with who I am and what I believe in and what I want to do. And that's the power that's my success story wow. wow you know is that so um yeah if i were to really see where i am right now to my earlier definitions of what success and failure are i'd be considered a failure huh wow like you would have viewed yourself as i would have viewed myself as a failure interesting because i'm not making over a hundred thousand a year right, right you know right. what i mean so i was that the same for you like if yeah. young Priscilla was to look at Priscilla now, like, do you think that you would have conflicting mentalities? You know, it's a mixed bag. And I think I think one of the great things about the way my parents parented us is like money wasn't a driver of how to get to success. You know, right. Um, right. I'm lucky in that, like, you know, it came from a spiritual family, came from a spiritual family. My my dad, you know, obviously gave up a, a job to become a pastor, but he was he was a computer engineer. So in the 80s, he was he was doing pro computer programming, making a ton of money, six figures as uh, someone under 30 in the 80s. Wow. So imagine what that would have looked like now. And some days I still give him shit. I'm like, could you not have worked for like five more years so that like we wouldn't have to worry about anything, you know, <laughs> but like, you know, but no, I was honestly because of the decisions that he made in his life. 
it's impacted me in a deep way um, because mm. he gave everything up to basically follow his dreams. So at the end of the day, like when I went to pursue music, like my parents didn't really have anything to say. My mom's like, I figured you'd do it before you turn 30. Like, you know, they didn't really have a lot to say because they were like, th that's how we were raised. And that's what my dad did in our whole family. I mean, I guess in some ways suffered, but lived like honestly a happier life together because he gave that up and pursued what he wanted. You know, I never lived with a father who was doing a job that he didn't love. Right. And I, I know mm. that I'm very fortunate on the flip side of that. My mom is mispracticality. Like, is being an auditor her passion? Like, probably not. But she's always held down like that position. And so I think like what I've gained and that really feeds into who I am today. I always have a practical job and I always have a creative endeavor. Always at all times. And my biggest challenge is trying to, I guess, like gain enough courage and foresight to let go of the practical job sometimes um, and go for the creative job. But or understand that it's okay to have a practical job. I oscillate between those two. You know, I'm always trying to balance those two forces. So in terms of success, like I would say I'm probably the least successful of my family because I have like, like in terms of academic achievement, my dad has a PhD, two master's degrees. My mom has a master's degree. My sisters each have a master's. I'm the only one with only an undergrad degree. And I'm probably the, the only one who has a complex about it too. I mean, I don't think they give a fuck, you know, but I... I feel a lot of feelings about that some days, you know, I, I de definitely demarcate that as like something to say that I'm not as intelligent or achieving. And, and Abe, my husband also has a master's degree, has to constantly remind me like it, it doesn't really fucking matter, you know, and I know Dude, it doesn't. I feel but that way too. Yeah. Everybody else has masters and above and we I, I'm the same as you, <laughs> <laughs> but you, but you're like one of the most intelligent people no, I know. No, 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 no. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> oh my God, look at you. You're just Oh my God, take the praise, take the praise. Just take it. Clearly take not it. good with money though, you know? But I, I think that uh, in addition to that, um, my fear of failure, my anxiety of failure has has driven me more than my hope for success. I, I don't think I ever actually think I'm going to be successful. And I think that dates back to um, I, I skipped fourth grade again because because you're a genius. Yeah, okay. because they ran out of room. <laughs> they ran out of room. and They're like, fuck, what do we do with this girl? Like, ah, I guess she's Asian. She can go to fifth grade. Right. And so, you know, I went straight to fifth grade and I felt like from that point in time, I've constantly felt behind, you know, I, I've just, oh, I just feel like I don't get something. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm just slipping behind. I'm constantly just slipping deeper and deeper into failure. Um, and then after like, I lost my dream of being a gymnast, I, I just kind of became a lot more fatalistic. I was like, I'm, I'm, I just expect myself to fail. I expect anything I love to be taken away from me, um, at Whoa. all times. Right. So if that is where please learn from my mistakes because I've allowed failure to be the metric upon which I like measure myself, you know, instead of success. Um, and like, don't, don't do this. Um, I also like easily get complacent, right? If I'm in a job that I feel like okay in and I can do and it's not bothering me and I can still do music, I'll stay there for fucking ever. And I won't, I, I, I wasn't um, motivated to kind of like be the own driver of my life because failure kept me locked um, wow. in, in place. I, I, you know, it's that whole thing about, would you take a step out of the hole that you fell into, Yeah, you know, or would you rather stay there? And that's all just like coming out of your comfort zone and, yeah. you know, going through certain life experiences that you can't control. Right. And like, 
I, you know, after this, after this pandemic and this year and going into 2021, I think this sort of circulates back to that same question. Yeah. You know, it's like, what are you willing to do to step out of this? You know, um, will you at some point or will some of this just stay with you? And fuck, I don't right? know. I honestly I don't, don't know. know. Like, but OK, was there a point in your career where you were like, I have failed. This is me bottoming out right now. Oh, yeah. What what was that for you? I think it was after I made painkillers and after I made the visit. For some reason, in 2018, everything just sort of died. Like, I moved into a new spot. I thought opportunities were happening because, you know, I made dark web. I made painkillers. I was like on a high and I just got signed with with an agency. I got repped. And for some reason, nothing happened after that. And here I was like, just newly signed to an apartment that's $2,000 a month. You know what I mean? And I, I, uh, the expenses were so high. And I was like, fuck, I don't want to go into debt again. I mean, I am in debt, but like not even more into like I can't I can't go through that again. So that's when I when, you know, in a previous episode, I talked about finding spirituality in tarot. And Mm -hmm. like, I honestly, honestly, honestly do believe that recalibrating your energy and like working with a life coach and working with, you know, just sort of whatever works for you to have that extra insight that you're not seeing recalibrate your energy and like. Um, try something new to sort of shift that internal right. toxicity. Only a crazy person c- c- like continues repeating the same action, hoping for a different result. Right? Exactly. That's insanity. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like I'll just do it over and over yeah. again. I'm not recognizing my patterns. Yeah. I'm not recognizing, and patterns aren't just like your physical action, lack of action. It's about your thoughts. Yeah. You know. So then, um, so then that that was that was my rock bottom. I was like, I don't, I you know, I was in a situation where I'm realizing sort of the downside of being for hire sometimes is that there's so many cooks in the kitchen. Mm. Some you know. Many times you don't get final. You really don't get final cut if you're for hire. But your name and like, is on it. Your name is on mm-hmm. it, and like you know, other people are shifting your product, and you know, you just really have to choose like what's yours and what's not. You know right. what I mean? And I think I really took that year to be able to center myself. Like all of this just goes back into practice of working with yourself Mm -hmm. and having an agreement with yourself on, okay, what do I give my heart to? What do I give my space to? You know what I mean? And what are my boundaries? Like at the end of the day, it's that, you know, Um, because you just have to take care of yourself and you have to take care of like your money, you know, um, And, and, you know, and I was like, you know, Priscilla, you were talking about like practical hustle versus creative Mm -hmm. hustle. And mine is one and the same. Mm, Totally. You know, and, and so for me, it's like, all right, I recognize that this is a job. I am passionate about it to a certain extent. I'm not going to fight hell or high water for like certain things because that's not what this is. It's a product. Right. Mm -hmm. And then like learning at the end of the day is just like learning how to balance everything out and like learning restraint you know totally. and like learning silence and all of that stuff comes back down to it again. I think what I was really proud of you because we definitely went through that 2018 rut kind of together you know or like 2017 mm. 2018 rut um, mm. and what I remember seeing was like even if you were kind of panicking internally that's not how you conducted yourself in that you didn't just take any job that came along like even even if things were quiet, like if something came along, like you were saying, that didn't align with what you wanted to do and what your vision was and what your value was, 
you were starting to recognize when to say no to certain things. It's crazy because like I, I will say that I got that advice and you're absolutely right, Priscilla, that I started doing that because my friend Matt Enloe, holla Matt Enloe, he's a director and I really very much look up to him. He runs a podcast with his friend Oren Kaplan called Just Shoot It and they're one of the top filmmaking podcasts um, so cool. that are online. And uh, he basically said to me, he was like, yo, Rox, I'm going to give you some real talk. Yeah. He was like, I don't get out of bed if it's under x amount of dollars and i'm like that's a lot of money like, you can do and that then, and he's like and you shouldn't either and, and 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 matt's like a you know he he does comedy he's always very lighthearted. i love joking with him yeah. i love hanging out with him but he was very serious when he told wow. me this and he's like this is sincere advice roxy damn and then um i really took that to heart matt if you're listening to this um you ran with and it. it served me yeah yeah because it's not that you're trying to be you know stingy with your talents it's just like hey i have trained i've been trained for with with a very specific set of skills like liam neeson and like and you know i'm not <laughs> like you can't um have the privilege of my talents and and the skills that i've been like tuned for without this amount of monetary exchange it's like very exactly. simple you know but it's, it's hard. It's, it's crazy. It's hard because I know as like Asian Americans, like we're like, if we can do it, why shouldn't we do it? If if I'm able to help you with something, why wouldn't I? But that isn't like a healthy mindset. You know what I mean? In terms of like maintaining your own financial health. And also, you know it, too. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like deep down inside of your world to truly listen to yourself. Yeah. You would know, do I have the ability to give this right now to with my purest intent, right. you know, and, or am I lacking, you know, or, and, and sorry, this is sort of like going back into spirituality away from the topic, but no. you know, I, I think it all just sort of correlates together. It's just like success and failure. People are always like placing these goalposts yeah. of like getting away from failure and always achieving success. Yeah. But like, honestly, no one fucking cares. No one's really watching you looking at you being like, Oh, I, I wonder how success, you know, is her next movie going to be as big? Who the fuck cares? Yeah. You know, like this is your own battle with yourself. Totally. And I feel like it's kind of how it, you know, people are like love and hate. They're not buying, they're not a binary. Right. And I feel like success and failure are very similar. And in order for there to be love, there needs to also exist hate in order for success to exist. There needs to exist failure. And uh, like the, the path to success is littered with failure and, mm -hmm. and vice versa, you know? And so I think we need to stop looking at them as like, yeah, two disparate things like on far sides of each other, but actually just opposite sides of a coin. Yin and yang. Yin and yang. Always like going back to the whole fucking chi topic. And just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> balance, 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 everybody. It's all about balance. So Priscilla, yeah. are you happy where you are right now? I think in terms of what you've learned, I'm, I'm happy where I'm, I'm at. I feel like I've done a lot, a lot of growth, you know? Um, mm. And I think one of the things that really affected me was, you know, getting laid off, which for any Asian that feels for any person that feels like a huge blow, you know, that feels like a huge failure. Um, and also being an Asian, I had to find ways to kind of like justify that in my mind. But honestly, like I was a fucking mess rocks. I was a mess for like six months. I, I, yeah. I still have like me and my friend Nikki, who we, we, we got laid off on the same day. I think we both still struggle with a certain amount of like anxiety about it. 
and my little sister Rosanna um, Rose, she she was just uh, laid off due the due to the pandemic, and she still has like nightmares about it, and like you know wakes up in a sweat. Um, it really kind of fucks with you because at the time, you know, this isn't relevant, but I'm just letting you guys know I got a five star review on all of my like you know um, uh, quarterly review, and uh, I literally two weeks before I got laid off, I, I got five stars, and you know weeks later after I was laid off, like, you know, there were certain projects I was working on that they were like, whoa, who's doing that project? It's great. And they're like, uh, yeah, you laid her off, you know? Um, and, and so I've, I've had to construct kind of this narrative so that I don't completely throw myself into the trash, you know, because I think when you're laid off, you're, you're just like, wow, I wasn't of value to these people. Um, but now I've had to kind of like reconstruct my own narrative to, to recognize like I'm valuable, whether or not I had that position or not, you know? Whether or not I, I had love, that position. Yeah. I love that because, um, what is it? It's like, I think we're all scrambling for stability. Yeah. And, um, you know, life is not a ladder climb. It's, it's more like a roller coaster. Totally. Um, and even though you had those five star reviews at the end of the day, you know what? You still had no control over it. Zero control, zero control. And I think that's, that's a really, that's really true. Um, and, and Rox, you know this um, because we we worked on a music video because of this. But right after I got laid off, everyone was like, well, now you can do music full time. Now you can do music full time. And I was like, leave me alone. Like, I'm going to be alone with my tequila and my thoughts, you know, like you yeah. don't know me, you know. But yeah, um, a couple months later, I came out and I was like, guys, like, I think I'm going to do music full time. And all my friends were like, yeah, I yeah, we told you, <laughs> like, <laughs> you idiot. I'm like, no, but I just got there uh, on my own, you know, and they're like, no okay yes. yeah sure like bitch like you know i was like okay sorry but um so i launched a kickstarter and you were like there at my kickstarter show and like um i got i was not expecting this i got funded within like five hours why yes. no look at you famous no <laughs> no but it's also just crazy because i think what i realized in that moment is we as people and as a community, one, we want to support each other. And I think that's genuinely true. And I was much more cynical about it before. But two, like, I think people love when other people take risks. Like, I think it's actually very encouraging and inspiring to your community yes. when you go out and take, yes. you know, go out on a limb. It's like, yes. you know, why do we love like um, uh, Neil Armstrong so much? I almost said Lance Armstrong, which would be totally different. <laughs> why do we love totally Neil Ar person. Armstrong so much? Like he was the person who like went out on a limb for humanity. You know, he was the first to take that risk. And we maybe mostly as Americans, but I think as humans, like we just appreciate that. And and I didn't I didn't expect that. I was really, again, humbled by that. Um, and uh, it's it's really changed the way I try to look at failure and success, you know. But again, I'm much better at giving advice than living it in my real life and <laughs> living it in my truth. But, you know, I think even saying it on the show together rocks like we're holding each other accountable, you know. I think it's always like even if you quote unquote fail or didn't meet your objective when you take a risk on something, yeah. I still consider that a success yeah. because most people can't even take that first step. Yeah. So you really got to, you know, applaud yourself. And of course, like we want to. The reason why we want to talk about this topic is so that it could be more on the open. Yeah. So don't be afraid to bring this no. up, you know, in your daily conversations or conversations with friends and family about success and failure yeah. and also about money. You know what I totally. mean? Because I feel like we should normalize it a little bit more. Yeah. And Rox. OK, last thing before we get into our unsolicited picks, I want to ask you, like, 10 years from now, where's where's Miss Roxy? Where's she at? I just want to be happy. Ugh, I love it. <laughs> 
I just want to be happy. I just want to be, you know, living my life on my terms. Doesn't matter how much money I have. Probably enough to like have uni once in a while. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, just surrounded by people that I love. And I think that's it. You know, that's all I can ask for. Um, and the, those are the best gifts. Like, I don't need recognition. I don't need any of that. You know, yeah. I think I just you just really want the simple things when you get older. What about you? I'm I'm sorry. I'm just like so moved right now because you've just like I feel like just seeing your journey over the past like over a decade and just getting to a point where like your one you know marker for happiness is just you know filling yourself with people and things that you enjoy and are passionate about. I could open up a boba shop. <laughs> I mean, I'm there. Um, Yeah, I think for me, I think what would like as I'm like more so vision casting like 10 years from now, what do we want to see? What do I want to see? I want to just be like you said, like I want to have good people around me. Um, I just want to be working towards something that I'm very passionate about. I I, that's pretty much it. And if I'm doing those things like. So beautiful. Even if we're living on the street, Roxy, and playing banjo or whatever for, you know, like making money um, busking, that's fine <laughs> because we'll be happy. You know what I mean? So whatever it is that we ended up doing, um, I just want to continue to stay really grounded in myself. I want to continue to get to know who I am and continue to see how I can improve. Um, but also just like enjoy. I want to take more time to like enjoy every aspect even hard work, even like when you're up late editing our episodes of Too Horny Go, like even when you're doing that, like you can still find enjoyment in it and you can combine enjoyment with work. And I think that's something like that's new for our generation in a lot of ways, you know, to just um, be okay with enjoying things. Because I know sometimes like with my husband, like if he's out on a job, like he can't, um, I'll be like, oh, why don't we go like try this ramen shop while while you're in like Austin playing a gig? And he's like, no, I can't. I'm working, you know, but I'm trying to like imbue work with things that I, I don't know, like find ways for work to also be imbued with like pieces of fun. A hundred percent. And on that note, you guys, it's time for. <laughs> All right, bitch. OK, so my unsolicited pick. So I got a recipe Ooh. for y'all today. Um. Yes, and I'll I'll link um I'll link uh, like a recipe like for Manchi, I love Manchi. Um, on here because is she not just our the uh, Korean like, our auntie? child like she's like collective auntie uh, the Korean joy she child really is. <laughs> yeah. she like genuinely is if you guys are interested in Korean food at all um get on YouTube search Mangchi I think it means hammer in Korean because she's a gamer did not know that um yeah she used to be like a gamer and then um she you know her son was like mom you cook so well why don't what? you just post some videos and she was like oh okay and now an empire i wish feet, life could just know? happen to me like that <laughs> i know i know it will it will for us <laughs> um but so i love samgyetang i don't know Ooh, your thoughts well, on that chicken ginseng the soup Oh, it's um so samgitang is um cornish game hens um stuffed with sweet rice garlic a shit ton of garlic um ginseng if you have it if you don't you can you know you can substitute it with other stuff but if you want that virile power of the soup to warm your chi <laughs> from the inside bitch you need that ginseng i'm just saying 
so you basically it's it's one of my favorite things because it's so easy you basically just wash the chicken um stuff it with with um some rice oh some jujubes some dried jujubes um a shit ton of garlic and ginseng and then you put it in a pot with like a few of them kind of facing upwards so that nothing spills out fill it with water and then boil it like kind of on medium high for maybe 40 minutes and then on medium low for another 30 40 minutes boom you have this delicious healthy soup that's perfect for hot weather because um you know it kind of warms your body Mm. in a way where you sweat um and um koreans call it like Mm. fighting fire with fire and then in the winter it's just fucking good because it's like warm chicken soup and like when you're sick i swear to god nothing heals you more than a steaming piping hot bowl i want that right now dude bitch get it i want to i always just want priscilla delivery all the time downstairs um that that wasn't a specific (laughs) accent that was just that wasn't specific um and then secondly um babe so I know we watched mm-hmm. this in film school, but my husband just watched Citizen and? Kane for the first time. <sighs> first of all, his relationship with light and darkness in this film is like so beautiful because not everything is perfectly like like a character will walk to a mark and just be covered in darkness. And I was like, the balls you have to have, you know what I mean? To like do that. I'm like this motherfucker. And so my husband was like, this shit is so fresh and you know it has to do with like a newspaper man so it's like interesting how i think the um the path to where we are with like so much like enragement on the internet kind of started a long time ago and by design and so it's interesting to kind of go through that and see the the genesis of outrage culture um to sell newspapers you know and to sell clicks nowadays so i haven't seen it in over a decade and i got so much more out of it than i think i did the first time because you know the first time we did like write papers and look for blah 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 and blah 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 and all the technical shit but just kind of watching it as a full piece and enjoying it on its own and seeing how relevant it is to our world today and appreciating the fucking utterly amazing cinematography and i know there are some citizen kane haters out there i get it like i don't care if you think it's the best film in the world of all time i mean a lot of people do but if you don't like that's fine but it is definitely a classic for a reason it's on hbo max people should definitely watch it i think it's on the must watch list of all time you know what i mean like yeah i I wouldn't say that would you say that it's sort of like kind of crazy because those films back in the day really are pioneers in sort of like storytelling yes. and also connecting to social themes and the way that so history sort of repeats itself, but in different ways, you know, like we're still working through yeah. the same fucking issues. Yes. And I think what's noticeable and, and you're going through like a production pre-production period right now, but what's really noticeable is um, you know, because they didn't have um, the technology that we have today, obviously they had to work out every single problem. God. You know, it was like, it was like <laughs> carving like a nowadays, marble statue. I'm like doing you know? in quarantine and like even just like what, a couple decades ago, even a decade ago, you can't do yeah. this, you know? And there's no fucking no, way. There's no and, way. And so like I'm having, you know, meetings with VFX houses in Austin and like, you know, the LA team and also the Salt Lake team all at the same yeah. time. There's like 20 people, you know, like on the Zoom call all at the same time. Everybody wow. has good internet. You know what I mean? And then you could share screen. You could do all this stuff and show previous stuff. And I'm just like thinking about what it was like back then making those films when Hitchcock was making his films, when Kubrick was making those films, like 
Oh, crazy. But can you imagine having to one um, either commission an actual artist to do every like Google search that you can just do like you, you can just quickly Google something, grab it. And that's already so much work. But can you imagine like having to either draw yourself or commission somebody or coming together as a team just, think just about to the do turnaround time? I think nowadays it's just like people are just like we could <laughs> just pull, pull things together quickly. You know, two weeks, you prep two weeks, then you shoot a feature film. Excuse me. Back in the day, you were in prep for so six easy. months. Because you just didn't have the ability to yeah. turn around that kind of time. And I'm so grateful for like everything we have today, but it is a feat to go back and watch. You know what I mean? One of these monuments. Because uh, I, I really think that films were monuments. That's back, true. Back Nowadays, we're just on streaming. Um, Even a $200 <laughs> million dollar budget movie is on streaming. Go listen to our episode on Mulan. We have a bonus episode. If you if you look in your feed, um, you'll see a, a bonus Mulan episode. If you want to drink with Roxy and I, if you want to play our drinking game, every time Roxy rants and gets upset, Later in the, we were in the episode, when Priscilla also gets angry and starts cussing, you drink. Yeah. <laughs> also drink. <laughs> so if you're not drunk in the first half, you will be drunk in the second half. But anyway, Roxy, what are your? I am picks? so lucky that just a mile away um, is this place called Meat Fresh, and Mandarin is called Xian Yu Xian, and it is basically famous for Ooh. their taro balls. It's a Taiwanese dessert place, and they have um, they have a Xian <gasps> Cao being and they have like uh, you know they have boba drinks and they have um dohua, tofu pudding and like <gasps> i know it is literally oh the best thing ever i mean i know that there's one in alhambra um that i never went to but i only discovered meat fresh when i was out here in salt lake city and like just going there and like hearing taiwanese people talk and like you know being able to Ugh. eat like xian cao and nga, nga, um you know like the taro balls and like you know condensed milk and like everything Ugh. and and like black Ugh. sugar ice oh yeah Fendo. it's just like it is Ugh. the best thing ever it just makes me feel like home what is your favorite like balping order like what's your are you a fruit person are oh my, you more of a just in general know, um, red bean i just person? uh huh yeah. i i'm not a big fruit person f- for balping i think i just like yeah. the hey tang balping with um the the tang yuan or, you know, it's just like the, the chewiness Ugh. and also black sugar. Something, nothing too sweet um, with taro, like the actual taro. Yeah. And then um, <sighs> bao bao bing is always good. Like the eight, um, I think it has like eight ingredients in it. And uh, that's That's hardcore. like pretty hardcore. Like I feel like if if you were trying bao bing, which is like shaved ice for the first time, uh, as a westernized palate, that would be a lot. <laughs> but I think if you grow up with it, it's, like it's they have so freaking and they good. Have yeah. And then they have like da hong do. And there's like so many things in it. But also, actually, I lied. I do love mango bao bing, like mango, mango shade. Yeah. Oh my god. In, in Taiwan. Taiwan though. In Taiwan. And it's when you're on the side fuck, of the it's street. fucking humid and the mango's so oh. sweet and like how tian oh, oh, how liang oh. kuai. Oh. Wow, yeah, yeah. It, it's like how literally uh, a taste of heaven um to be able to have that. So meat fresh, uh Xian Yu Xian. And then my second uh, uh unsolicited pick, this of course is to honor RBG. Um there is a documentary done on her just called RBG by Julie Cohen and Betsy West. Um, it is phenomenal. Make sure to watch it. And then if you're into narrative, there's also on the basis of sex. So um, I think Army Hammer's in that and oh, yeah. uh, Felicity Jones. Felicity Jones. RBG. Yeah. She does a, a great job at kind of embodying her. Like her when she was you younger. Know, she totally, totally looks like her. Yeah. And, and like, I don't know if it's like the most perfect, perfect movie, but I think especially right now, it's really worth watching just to kind of like really dig into the legacy of RBG, you know, and remember like 
Just why binge we all her content. Y'all? Binge the doc and binge the movie, y'all. Like, get inspired and, and you know, she she's able to fight, like, titans with, like, her class grace and resilience and being barely five foot, five foot tall. Yeah. Five feet tall. Just like us. Hey, hey Shoddy Club. Speaking Shoddy of. Shoddy Club. Shoddy Club. Shoddy Club. <laughs> well, and she's so fucking I funny. I think that's what's great. Like she's she so rolls sassy with the punches and too. funny, and she does. Yeah, she doesn't. She I doesn't pull punches I either. I was like, we should do the RBG workout. What do you think? <laughs> okay, I'm down. Yeah. I'm down. Get on TikTok. Uh, TikTok does RBG does workout. It, I don't but know. Really, is it, does it still exist? I mean, I don't know. Are we allowed to? Fucking, uh, I don't know. I but, hate. Uh, you know. Rest in power, RBG. Um, Roxy now is going to pull yep. a card for the collective. Let's send our juju in. Send, no, the, juju send in. the juju in to all of our goatees. What could we focus on this week? Mm. Thank you, Tarot. Ooh. Um, it's always so exciting it, when it pops out. You know, it's like seeing a bonus. You know, three like, cards popped out. There. I'm just going to ask Spirit for just one card because, but then I've okay. been seeing a lot of pentacles, and pentacles means money and career. So let's think. Okay. Let's temperance. get rich together, Actually, this is interesting. All right, so Temperance card is a major mm. arcana card, and Temperance talks about being patient with something. So I know. So Damn I know it. that a lot of us are feeling like, <laughs> when the fuck is this over? When are things going to start happening for me? Yeah. A lot of you may feel like you're still stuck, even though things seem to be moving at a surface level. This is what I'm hearing. But also Temperance really talks about yeah. like making sure that your cups fill each other up. So if you look at the Temperance card on Google, you know, you'll see that it is an angel with wings pouring two cups of water into each other. And it almost feels mm-hmm. like it's surreal because gravity doesn't seem to really make sense for this image here. And this angel also has one foot on earth and one foot in water so for me what that represents (gasps) is water represents dreams you know intuition creativity like being able to just really go with how you're feeling and your emotions but also one foot on earth earth represents practicality and grounding so really managing your balance um in terms of you know grounding your feelings but also being able to pursue your dreams and being able to manifest that during this time while also making sure to fill up your cups in an eve in an equal manner so cups is like how you know Mm. it's like glass half full glass half empty you know what i mean you want to make sure Mm. that your cups are feeding each other in a balanced way so this is really talking about balance while going through a time of uncertainty and really being patient and having trust in divine timing that the sun is still going to rise over the hill the next day and i think this is you know you know earlier you and i were talking about like well what is 2021 gonna look like and i think this is a card that spirit Mm. pulled out for us could not be more uh, okay. relevant. I guess we'll listen to you, Spirit. Thank you so much. I know. I guess we can be patient as long because as we honestly, can do it we together. have no choice. We still have um, to be patient because that's just what it is, right? Yeah. Well, thank you, everyone out there, for joining us in yes. our togetherness. And we want to just remind you, as always, have a horny week. Our lovely goatees. We love you. And remember, stay. is hosted by Roxy and Priska. Music by Abraham Kim. Artwork by Connie Yen. Please visit us at twohornygoats.com. Have thoughts or questions for us? Email us at hello at twohornygoats.com. When you're pulling on my heart
Today's outro music features our very own Prisca and her song Gold in the River. Gold in the River is a song about finding our own hidden potential. Sometimes we need to recognize our self-worth, otherwise people can fool you into believing you have no value. This is a song about reclaiming value and self and embarking on a difficult but worthy journey towards freedom. Enjoy this song by Prisca. Oh, there's a river. 